This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Our show, as you can imagine, is about apps and uh, just kind of the mobile tech world. Uh, we try to keep it simple and fun, and we do have a great program today. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, Apple announcements this week. Apple has released uh, the new iPhone 13s, new iPads, and a new Apple Watch. And uh, John, you and I are going to talk about uh, yay or nay. Should you upgrade? Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's not as straightforward this time. No. I mean, it just depends who you are and what you're going to be doing with this stuff. Yeah. But there, I mean, there also was some interesting things that I think that we're all excited to see too. So, um, yeah, including the iPad Mini. Oh, that's 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 my, that's my number one. Yeah. Uh, so you'll have to stay tuned and uh, get more details about that. We'll also be talking with Carmi Levy uh, about Bell and Telus asking the government to block five G issuance uh, the, the the wireless spectrum to Videotron out west. Videotron's trying to become a national player. Videotron's a big player in Quebec. They do cable, they do mobile. Uh, they're trying to, to break out of Quebec. And obviously, Bell and Telus do not like that. <laughs> so we're going to be hearing from Carmi Levy, uh, our good friend uh, out of Toronto, about his thoughts uh, on that. And uh, I want to talk about something cool, John, that we're launching. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I'm so happy you, the listeners, are tuning into our shows, the app show uh, here, and also our sister show, Get Connected which is kind of more of a general tech show. We've been doing that for God knows how many years, but we love doing it. We also do a lot of videos, YouTube videos and TV shows, and we are launching a new one on TELUS TV. Unfortunately, it's just available in BC and Alberta. So fortunately, if you live there, you get to check it out. If you are a TELUS TV subscriber on their uh, video and demand section, uh, we have uh, produced a 12-episode series called Get Connected Tech Talk. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's basically a a video version of this radio show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because we wanted to show you how to do all the things we talk about. So everything from, you know, migrating your uh, smartphone from one platform to another, to beefing up your Wi-Fi, to uh, upgrading your computer. Trying to figure out how to pick the right uh, EV, electric vehicle, and... What yeah. all the charging stuff means. Uh, you you did a great segment with me on 3D printing. Yeah. Oh, it was really, really cool. And uh, we even had uh, Graham, one of our uh, hosts, uh, do a thing on uh, telescopes and... Stargazing. And incorporating it with your iPhone. It's, I mean, there's some really cool stuff. And you don't have to be a nerd to, to get excited about it. There's just some fun things you can do. And, uh, you know, we just try to keep it simple. Yeah. And hopefully inspire you. We, we try to uh, answer the questions that you send in to us as, as our audience, uh, things you, you're having troubles with. I'm like, well, let's show them on video how to, how to solve that problem. Let's talk about some of the, uh, the app news out there, uh, John. Um, big, big news uh, this past week is a huge uh, exploit on the Apple platform. And I, I haven't really seen that that this often. This covers all of the Apple stuff, whether it's an iPhone or iPads or even uh, the laptops and iMacs. Yeah, usually it's like just the smartphones and tablets or just the computers, but not everything. And this one's bad because it's known as a zero-click flaw. You don't have to do anything to, to make it uh, do its nasty stuff inside your device. Yeah, someone can literally just send you an image through iMessage, for example, like a text. And you don't have to open it. And if you get it, it can actually infect your device 
and allow the person on the other end to put spyware or whatever they want on your yeah. phone or, or computer. Yeah, it's it, it's it's really ingenious on one hand, but very insidious on the other. Because it's so simple that they could just have these bots sending these out to people. It's using some spyware that uh, an Israeli firm came up with that I think a lot of the intelligence agencies and, and police uh, agencies around the world use. I think the FBI uses it to actually kind of break into criminals' smartphones when yeah. they need to find information. So It's literally stuff that James Bond is... Totally, made of, right? totally. So unfortunately, um, it's being used for evil. So what you need to do is update, update, update on all your Apple devices, whether it's an iPhone or your Apple computer or your iPad, make sure that you've got the latest software update. And it's pretty well simple as that, isn't it, John? Yeah, yeah. The, the kind of the awkward timing about this whole thing is that Apple's set to release a bunch of updates very soon to go in yeah. in concert with all the new devices that we're going to talk about in a minute. But they're all kind of, you're, you're going to be getting iOS 15, you're going to be getting all the new software very soon for all the different devices, but you need to update now. And this is just a, a security patch. Is this thing going to change any functionality to your device? It's not going to break any of your apps. It's just going to protect your devices. Also in the uh, the mobile world news, Facebook, they're always, they're always in our news. Uh, they have a new program that reportedly lets celebrities avoid moderation. And so if we can just kind of simplify that, if you're posting crazy stuff on Facebook, like racist stuff or violent stuff conspiracy theory stuff uh they have ai artificial intelligence that's always scanning the billions of posts that are happening every day and if it falls outside of what they deem acceptable it will automatically moderate that or basically delete it yeah i think it depends on the severity of it because sometimes people will get banned for posting for a few minutes could be a few days even a few weeks i've seen yeah so it just really depends on who you were commenting on and what type of content you're commenting. So if you're a celebrity, however, those rules don't apply to you, which, you know, is that fair? Well, yeah, especially with some of these celebrities that have a very large platform yeah. and a lot of followers. And if they're not subject to the same rules that their people are, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And this, I mean, this doesn't, it's not limited to one political party or country. This, you know, we've seen some of these people that have been protected by this particular program. Everyone from Trump to Senator Elizabeth Warren. So you got Democrats and Republicans in the states, um, just across the board. And it, it's also athletes. It's um, any high-profile user, basically, someone that has a presence. It's almost giving them enough rope to hang themselves, really. Well, and that has happened a few times. Some people have self-canceled themselves. <laughs> it's just insane, John. Like, yeah. And is it really fair? No. 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 It's one of those things that you wouldn't know about it unless you like, had some kind of insider information, and I guess some of this leaked out. Uh, funny story this week, John. You know, we had the big Apple announcement, uh, which we will be talking about on, on, this, uh, on this show today, you know, the new iPhones and iPads. Uh, we tried to do a live stream of it. Yes, we were, we were like high-fiving ourselves. We thought we were so clever. We thought we had it all figured out. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea was that during the event, we would have it on a, you know, a TV beside us, and John and I would just be basically commenting on the stuff as they were talking about it. Yeah. 
Well, apparently that wasn't the right thing to do. We we're trying to do it through YouTube. We got taken down like within 15 minutes and we were like, we're doing pretty well. Like hundreds of people were tuning in, Yeah, you know, from our community and then YouTube. Yeah. We think it was just an Apple automatic violation because we did appeal it and they were surprisingly quick to reverse the appeal. Oh, I know when, when I said like our feed just died Yeah, and you know, Steven on our team saying, Hey, we just got cut by YouTube. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Sure, you can appeal it, but how long is that going to take? Well, it went a lot faster than I thought, but not in time. Like, it, no. By the time we got it all sorted out and we're back online, the event was basically over. So, thanks, Apple and YouTube. <laughs> well, back to the drawing board. So, for that, that was kind of our first live stream we were trying to do about yeah. the Apple thing. So, we're gonna have to do it different way next time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we thought we were doing a pretty good job. We had a very good-looking set. We had all the audio and video all f- figured out and working. Yeah, which was wasn't easy. No, no, because no, we have tricky. like we have like a three-camera setup here. You know, I look pretty. Yeah, pretty good. But lesson learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely we'll try it again. We might just not try to co-live stream with Apple or another vendor or Samsung or whoever. Yeah. is doing it. Okay, I want to talk about uh, the program today again. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the new Apple stuff they have announced. And, you know, this happens every year, right? They come out with new iPhones and iPads. And the big question is, should you upgrade? Do you need to upgrade? Do you need to upgrade? And it's, it's an interesting question this time. It, it really is. John and I have had some big debates on this, and we're going to share our thoughts uh, with, uh, with you. We'll also be talking about uh, Bell and TELUS and just the whole cell phone industry in Canada and competition. They're trying to block uh, one of the big competitors out east, Videotron, from coming out west. And uh, we'll just kind of break that down for you and, and get some thoughts on uh, where that can basically all go. We'll have Carmi Levy on the line from Toronto who will uh, give his informed opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's always got some great thoughts yes. uh, on that. Always fun to talk to Carmen. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, should you replace your iPad? Well, there's a new iPad mini coming, and it looks pretty cool. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Apple had their big announcement this week for all the new gear coming up to Christmas. New iPhone 13s, a mini, a 13, and uh, a Pro, and a Pro Max. Uh, so the full lineup, kind of like the 12s, but kind of uh, some refreshes on them. Uh, new Apple Watch Series 7 uh, as well. And uh, I guess one the big one for me, John, was the new iPad, and more specifically the iPad Mini. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite thing from the event and the thing I was probably most excited to throw my credit card down for. 650 bucks, though, for an iPad Mini. Yeah. And it's funny, right, because... I compare them to like some of the Android tablets out there, yeah, which you can get for like a hundred bucks. Like you know the new Amazon tablets, you know they start mm-hmm. less than a hundred, and you know probably max out at a couple hundred dollars for a, a fairly well specced yeah. version. And like on Prime Day and other special Amazon sales, I've seen them for as cheap as fifty bucks, which yeah. is a steal. So why would you spend six hundred and fifty dollars on a tablet? Um. The mini has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. So the the big thing for me is that it's very portable. It's the right size. Of, it's just a little bit bigger than a book, you know? Yeah, about 8.3 inch screen, I think. 8.3 inch, yeah. yeah. Um, it's got that the new form factor that Apple seems to be going with, the you know, the the uh, flat sides. It's kind of squarish edges, yeah. Everything squared off, just like the Air, which I bought last year. Yeah. Um, but 
the, the, the thing I really liked and I used my mini for a lot was when I was 3D scanning because it's the perfect form factor to hold. I had a, a camera attachment that I would attach to the back of the device and it could do everything on the device. So I, I wouldn't actually, I mean, I would be tethered to my laptop wirelessly to send the data there, but all the processing was happening on the iPad. And it was powerful enough to do that. And this was like a couple generations ago. So this new one is kind of crazy fast, you know, because it is the, you know, the the Apple silicone. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it, it is a little bit high because I, I mean, I, I, pay, I think I paid like $1,000 for my Air last year. Yeah. And, and I thought that was a bit high, but I, I had been out of the new iPad game for a while and I really liked the changes that they made to it. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Like the, the the big problem that I I keep waiting for Apple to do is make it ubiquitous across macOS and iOS, right? Because there's always some apps that I'd like to be able to put on my tablet, but they don't have the iPad equivalent. So you need to have a desktop for that or a laptop. Well, and so that brings me to my question here. They came out with the new mini. They've refreshed the base model of the iPad as well. I think that's starting around 429. Um, and you'll probably want to stick a keyboard on that thing. Yeah. And that's another, what, 125 bucks or something for the Apple one? Yeah, for the Apple I one. I think you can get the Logitech one for 100 bucks. So, I mean, you're up over $500. Well, and then you throw in a pencil. It's 169 because it's the second gen. Yeah, pencils are expensive, but that's for the mini. But I'm... Oh, you're talking about the... The, 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 the regular the, iPad. That's right. I bought one for my parents and... It's their computer replacement now. And yeah. so that's my question to you, John. Like, Because I get this all the time from listeners and viewers. You know, Can my iPad replace my laptop now? I think for a lot of people, yeah. For, for the majority of people that want to browse the web, consume content, like watch videos, watch Netflix, being able to email, send that stuff to a bigger TV if they're watching Netflix or something like yeah. that. Like this device can certainly do all that where it gets a little questionable is depending on some things you know one thing that a lot of people have asked me about like i want to do my taxes on my tablet yeah they don't make like uh, tax software for ipads as far as i'm aware i mean you you can go through the web interface yeah but you know it's kind of clunky and it's not is that because you want a mouse because with the ipads now you can get a uh, a wireless bluetooth mouse for them no, no, no question. But the software just doesn't run on uh, on iPad OS. Yeah, it only runs on Mac OS, or in some cases, just Windows. I think for the most part, though, unless you're really heavy into like um, spreadsheets, and even then, you can kind of do them. Yeah, on on your iPad. Uh, but I say for a lot of people, an iPad could replace a laptop, and they're faster than most of the Windows laptops that are out there, really. Well, and you'll, you know, you start at 429 for the, for the generation nine, as it's called. Yeah. Um, you're going to have that for a lot longer than that Windows laptop for the same price point. Yeah. I mean, to get the keyboard, you, you'll want to get the magnetic keyboard, the Apple one or the Logitech one. So you're, you're in for about $600. Not everyone needs the pencil, I don't think. But so for about 600 bucks, it, it's not bad value because to get a Windows laptop that has some decent capability, you're up in that price range anyways. Yeah, and nothing is more portable, right? Yeah. Because that's the other thing too is you get those those less expensive laptops. They have giant power bricks that you have to drag with them. Yeah. So the only thing I wish that this one had though, the the 
the regular iPad is that they got rid of the lightning connector. Yeah. So this seems like a weird line in the sand for all the other iPads. Yeah. So the iPad Air, the new iPad mini, the pros all have USB-C, which is like the industry standard. Every other device in the world is using that now. And in many places that's legislated, right? Because like the European Union saying you got to have USB-C and yeah. uh, that standard. Um, but the, the base model of the iPad and even the iPhone still use the lightning connector. Yeah. And we've talked about why. Yeah. The licensing. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Yeah. Because if you make accessories for that, they get a piece of it. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, when they came out with it, it was like a dream compared yeah. to like the other USB. Micro USB where oh, every, yeah. you always put it in backwards and you break the connector. Yeah. So they were way ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, but... USB-C is kind of the world now, and it is a good good connector. So uh, you'll be getting an iPad Mini, I guess. Yeah, I got to see. Uh, I'm I'm still conflicted about upgrading to the iPhone 13 Pro. Uh, well, I'm gonna hold hold your thought on that. Kay. We're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the new iPhones, the iPhone 13. Should you upgrade? I mean, these are expensive. I mean, they're over a thousand dollars. Well, we'll give you our thoughts back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Been talking about the Apple announcements this week, a little bit about the iPad mini in the previous segment. I think I'm going to get one. <laughs> I'm going to take more of my money. But let's talk about the phones, John. Yeah. They come out every year with new phones. So uh, this is no exception. It's the iPhone 13. And very similar lineup to the previous generation, like the iPhone 12 series. They look identical. They've got the 13, they've got the 13 mini, and they've got the 13, 13 Pro and Max. So my question to you, John, looking at these new announcements, is it worth it to spend the $1,000 plus to get the new phone? Like how far back in the iPhone world do you have to be? That's a really tough question for me to answer because I typically upgrade because of the camera. Some physical hardware upgrades. Yeah. Where I'm struggling with with this one is a lot of the improvements that they talked about during the Apple event were more software improvements. They call it computational photography, for example. So they're using AI to make your photos better, to make the low light photos better. Yeah. So... It's very similar to the iPhone 12 in, in many cases. Yeah. And most of the, the improvements were around the camera and yeah. the photography. Yeah. So again, how far back? iPhone 10? No. No? Well, again, it depends. Because I know some people with an iPhone 8, they love it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're com- completely content with that. And there's no reason to upgrade. Like you, you're not really missing any features if you're not a photographer and when i say photographer i mean you take a lot of photos yeah right there's a lot of people that take a lot of photos but they don't consider themselves to be photographers because they're taking pictures of their kids or they're instagramming their meals you know whatever the reason you take photos for but if you're a semi-serious photographer i've always wanted to have the best camera because it's the one you always have with you yes so uh, that's where i struggle and you know the other thing that's kind of interesting, I'm just looking at the website. They they do have a trade-in program and they're going to give me, like last time I upgraded, I got, I think, 600 bucks for my iPhone uh, 11 to go to the 12. Yeah. 
this year I'm going to get 800 bucks. So, I mean, I paid 16 for it. <laughs> so, that's, so that's, that's heavy depreciation, John. Well, no, it is. But that's also where you think about it. Like, is there $800 worth of newness? Yeah, that's the question. Right? I'm not sure there is, for me at least. Yeah. Because I have a 12 Pro that still is great. And some of the software upgrades, improvements are pretty cool for a photographer. And we shoot a lot of video as well. So, you know, yeah, it would be great to have those things. Is it $800 great for me? Like the the difference in, in cost? Yeah, so the big things would be the cine, uh, cinematic mode yeah. in both the 13 and the Pro, which gives you uh, really cool focus effects. Yeah, rack focus. Yeah, so if you're like, you love movies and how they kind of focus in and out on certain things, this will do it automatically, or you can do it manually uh, as well. And then they're taking the low light capability up to the next level, especially on the Pro series. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how well that, that works. I also take a lot of macro shots with my phone. The close-up shots. Very close-up shots. And I kind of have a trick how I do it. I typically, with my 12 Pro, I would use uh, the telephoto lens and pull my camera back a little bit so I can punch in much closer. Yeah. With the new one, the 13 Pro, they have macro photography mode using your ultra-wide, and you can get in up to two centimeters away. That is kind of compelling for me. So if you take a lot of pictures of flowers, is that, or food... Anything. Yeah. yeah. You want to get in and show all the detail, extreme close-up detail, which normally I would have to crop and zoom on Photoshop to get in close enough to that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so that, I mean, again, that's kind of interesting. And also the... Um, they've, they've bumped up the memory on these things too. Yeah. I was just going to say the base used to be 64, which I think is too little yeah. for a phone these days when most of the Android competitors, they start at 128. I don't care. Like I always get... I get sent these by Apple and they always send me like the 512. That's why you don't care. Well, I don't because I, I use iCloud. And so I just have iCloud photos turned on and it just sends them all there and it doesn't matter. I'm not really putting anything else on there. I have hundreds and hundreds of apps and that takes up a lot of space too. Okay. And okay. You know, some fair, of these, fair enough. Some of these apps like, like Facebook, if you look and see how much space just Facebook takes up, yeah, it's gigs. So if you're an iPhone 11 user, John, like my wife has an iPhone 11. Will she know any better? No. Probably not. No. Because she's not really pushing the photography limits of that phone. No. I think she went from like an 8 or something to the 11 and it was magical. Like the night mode? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's about, the low light. The low light. Well, and they've increased the the F rating of the lenses on this. Tell the listeners what that means. So basically it's the amount of light that lets in gets gets into the sensor through the aperture yeah. of, of the lens. And typically you want, you know, for low light stuff, you want as low as possible the, the F number, the F stop number. And I believe the one of the lenses is down to one point F one point six, which I think is one of the lower ones that Apple's ever made. Yeah. Uh, typically it's between two, two point two, two point four 1.8 and some of the more pro models before and it just sounds like they've just you know figured out a way to make it that much better so that means when you're in an extremely low lit place say you're out for dinner at the steakhouse or something like that you know it's all moody and dark you can get those beautiful shots right or and they were they gave a lot of examples in the, or if you hang out in dark alleys well that too yeah <laughs> So, but yeah, they had a lot of really compelling examples of video and f- photos shot in very low light 
or a lot of times it's natural light. So you're not bringing in movie lights. Yeah. Right. So, so then I would ask John iPhone 11 users out there. That's a tough one. If you're, so here, here's the thing, John, if you were like an iPhone 11 user, you would probably, if you're really into video and photography, you probably would have upgraded to the 12. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what, that's what I think. Like if you, if you, if you, what about normal people? If you remove the photographer aspect of things, probably not. No. If you have a lot of apps and you need a lot of performance for those apps, then maybe. But again, if you're an 11 user and you didn't upgrade to the 12, you probably could still be doing fine going to the 13 or not going to the 13. Well, you'll have to stay tuned. We're going to be getting these phones in and test them out. And uh, we will be giving you our thoughts uh, once we uh, check, check them out. Yeah. Essentially. Maybe they're going to send you the terabyte version of the iPhone. And I wouldn't care. Like I don't need that much memory. That would be your dream come true. But it, w- it would be. Yeah. It would be. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. Well, we're always uh, complaining about our cell phone, uh, smart smartphone plans. Can never be cheap enough. Well, we both have pretty good ones right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, whenever we talk about these uh, types of issues, we always uh, get a good friend, Carmi Levy, on the line from... Uh, Ontario. Thanks for joining us today, Carmi. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, a story that John and I have been following uh, looks interesting. I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, Bell and TELUS has asked the government to block 5G issuance or, I guess, spectrum licensing to other incumbents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Videotron uh, is sort of the major company that is sort of attracting Bell's and TELUS's attention here. Videotron, uh, if you live in Quebec, you know them. They are, of course, the dominant telecom player, homegrown telecom player in uh, Quebec. And they have aspirations to grow beyond their home provinces. They successfully bid on 5G spectrum in British Columbia, Alberta, and Manitoba. They uh, could potentially pick up the Freedom Mobile uh, unit uh, if the Roger Shaw deal goes ahead. And they, they've they made uh, it very clear. They want to be a national player. They want to be that next national telecommunications provider. Uh, and uh, Bell and Telus, uh, obviously, they're in an incumbent position. Uh, and when you are in an incumbent position, the last thing you want is for anyone to come in and upset the Apple card. So they are uh, trying to put as many obstacles in Videotron's way as they possibly can. And as Videotron pushes to expand, Bell and Telus are pushing back uh, and essentially, you know, basically saying they're not following the rules. Uh, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, their uh, request to have that spectrum in these three provinces should be denied uh, and, you know, let the games begin. Well, I mean, if you're a business, of course you try to block your <laughs> your competitor of out of the uh, space. I, I totally get it. Um, I was going to ask, is there room for more com- competition? I would say probably, yeah. Um, do you think it, it's difficult right now? We're in kind of a weird space. Rogers is a bid for Shaw. Uh, you know, obviously they're cable assets. And also Shaw has Shaw Mobile and Freedom Mobile. Do you think they're going to be able to keep Shaw Mobile and, and Freedom Mobile? 
you know, the, the Competition Bureau, of course, is still examining that particular aspect of the deal, and they are expected to weigh in on it. And, you know, will uh, Shaw be forced to sell these units as a condition of the Rogers acquisition? That's sort of the big, the big question right now. No one knows how that will play out. Uh, you know, but from a consumer's perspective, of course you want things to change. Of course you want to have more players because wouldn't you want to have a longer list of options available to you when you go shopping for wireless services? Wouldn't you want more players competing against each other, trying to beat each other on who has the best plan, who offers the most gigabytes for the least amount of dollars? Uh, this has been the major complaint in the telecommunications market in Canada for the better part of the last couple of decades, ever since cell phones became a thing, ever since we started moving into data. Uh, this has been Canadian consumers' number one uh, complaint, and every attempt to grow the market by bringing in more players has ultimately led nowhere. We still have the same number of major national players that we had a decade plus ago, uh, and Videotron wants to break that. How, do, how does Videotron do in Quebec compared to the, the national competition? Are they well-liked? Do they have good services and plans and things like that that consumers like that we'd want to see them out west? Is it cheaper in Quebec in general? <laughs> Um, it, the pricing is relatively the same, but yeah. they are very well liked. And the reason being is they are a homegrown uh, unit. They're, uh, you know, Pierre Carpelado, who is the, you know, obviously he used to be a, a, a federal uh, political leader. Um, he's known nationally. He's kind of a bit of a business demigod in Quebec. And uh, Quebec has always uh, gone its own way in terms of business. They do support their own um, very well-regarded company within uh, Quebec. The interesting thing that I found, having you know been born in Quebec, grown up, grown, and I grew up there, is that uh, people didn't really complain about what you know back in the day cable services or uh, wireless services cost, as if they knew that it was coming from a company that was in their province that was one of them uh, very different when the headquarters is somewhere else outside of Quebec of course Quebec very different culture uh, than elsewhere and they do tend to be uh, very protective of their own they don't tend to view Videotron through the same lens as they view Bell uh, and Rogers and TELUS uh, and so I think that's worked to Videotron's advantage uh, and they're trying to expand that beyond the borders they got a lot of goodwill in Quebec they think they can establish and build on that and, and get that goodwill elsewhere as sort of the new challenger to the incumbent players uh, outside of their home province. Carmi, if you were a betting man, do you think Bell and TELUS will be successful in blocking Videotron from getting the 5G spectrum out west? I think uh, they may win the battle, but they will not win this war. Uh, I think this has gone on long enough, and I think at some point there has to be substantive movement in the, the Canadian wireless uh, landscape uh, to allow significant change to the way uh, competition works. Uh, and government after government uh, has been uh, promising to do something about it, to open up the market, to fundamentally change the way it operates. Uh, and it has all sort of come to naught. Uh, and, but at some point, someone's got to cross that line. And of all the major players who have made efforts to break that logjam, Videotron is the best financed. It's the best structured. It has the most experience uh, to achieve that. Uh, and so if I were a betting person, I, I, I wouldn't bet against Videotron ultimately prevailing here. This particular decision may not go its way, but uh, Videotron isn't going to go away and they'll find some other way to expand. I, I think the uh, results might come sooner than later just because we've got an election very soon. And that has been brought up a few times by various 
leaders about wanting to reduce. Oh yeah, they're all promising. Yeah, we're going to reduce your cell phone rates. <laughs> right. I, like, I always question how they're going to do that. I'm going to make uh, Coca Cola cheaper for everybody. Like, how do you you know go into a like a corporation and make them lower their prices? That's just not the way uh, a capitalist system no. works. But Carmi, I uh, got to cut you off here. We're uh, running out of time. I want to thank you as always for uh, joining us and. We will be talking more about this in the, the weeks and months to come, especially as they get down to a decision on the Rogers Shaw merger. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Again, just want to give a shout out to our new TV show we are launching on TELUS TV. It's called Get Connected Tech Talk. We've actually taken questions from our listeners and our viewers and answered them on these shows. There's 12 of them coming up. Uh, on their on-demand platform. So if you're a TELUS TV subscriber, please go check them out. They're really fun to watch. You know, we've covered everything from 3D printing, Wi-Fi, smartphones. Music uh, synthesizers and DJ equipment, uh, electric vehicles, computer upgrades, computer downgrades, backing up. Everything we ever talk about on these shows, we try and to cover in an yeah, episode. Yeah, and we keep it simple, right? It, it's, well, and, it's pretty cool. And I, th- I think we did a pretty good job keeping it fun, too. So if you do subscribe to TELUS TV, uh, go to the on-demand section. It's called Get Connected Tech Talk. You'll see John and I's beautiful face on, uh, on some of the imagery there. You're probably more beautiful than I am, but, uh, you know. Click on it anyway and just watch it. It's, it's pretty good stuff. Also want to uh, thank all the, uh, the folks that helped put this program together. Of course, John Beeler and Christina Stoyanova, our other producer. And please visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We have a big contest coming up next week with MasterCard. We're going to give away $1,000 in gift cards, MasterCard gift cards, kind of like cash. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an awesome contest. But also up on the website, you know, we've got all of our great videos and blogs up there. So if uh, you kind of uh, love tech or interested in it or, you know, need some uh, guidance on what kind of smartphones and stuff to buy or any tech for that matter, it's a great resource. And we've got lots of great videos and uh, articles up there as well. Until next time, this is Mike and uh, John signing off. We'll see you again. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.